Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL on this podcast, but we'll also discuss the National Women's Hockey League and other happenings around the hockey world. So uh, be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow Pigeonhole Hockey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So that being said, Steve, uh, this will be a, a shorter than normal podcast for us. And I know me and you really wanted to get into this COVID restructure as COVID is, at least here in Utah, locking us all down again because I've gotten at least five alerts that it is massively spiking the hospitals are overwhelmed and we're all supposed to stay inside and only communicate with our family members. So that's where we're at. And yeah, so the National Hockey League's in the same boat and Canada and the U.S. teams are considering this possible all-Canadian division restructure. What do you um, well, for logistics sake, right, if it means hockey, I'm okay with it. But what really stinks is it really decreases the chances of multiple Canadian teams you know, making the, the playoffs. And this year, I was kind of excited because a lot of Canadian teams made a good push really good. To, to build their talent, right? Now that would be collapsed in on each other. So, and this is, again, um, you know, normally I would say, well, the next year will be fine, but the next year we've got the expansion draft, right? Mm-hmm. So that could, you know, alter what a team looks like, right? I will take it, but I won't, you know, as a... You know, a Canadian, I just don't know if I'll be too stoked with the fact that maybe two or just three of those teams are going to make it and the other one's going to be eliminated just because they have to play so much, you know, within, you know, against themselves. So um, what are your thoughts on it, man? Well, I mean, I've looked into like the possibilities of what this could look like and in trying to understand um, with an all Canadian division, to me, it makes complete sense because. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in an all-Canadian division, just because of the border itself, you're also going to have the other divisions broken up by, you know, geography. And if you're going to have the seven Canadian teams playing each other extremely heavily, I think you also have those other remaining teams in each division playing each other extremely heavily. And the way I'm seeing it, if I understand it, Right, maybe I maybe I don't because again they're they're still trying to release how this would look. As right now, there's no, they're not considering having fans in the buildings uh, still at the moment. I would imagine that we would still need to see American teams play the Canadian teams, but it would be a weird seven. This division is now traveling to Canada, and this whole division now is quarantining for weeks in order to now play these other seven Canadian teams and everyone just does their like these weird mini round robins against other teams. I think that could work, but it would have to be so monitored. And like, say if you're, you know, Anaheim ducks and the sharks and you know, the Yotes, and now you have to go up and you have to travel into Canada. It's like, all right, y'all we're going into Edmonton. This is the, this is the plan. This is what's going to happen. This is the lockdown hotel. This is the monitoring. This is what's going to be happening. Make sure we don't spread this around Canada. Because tell you what, man, you let one of those players, like you know, player X from the Sharks, goes out and oh, well, I'm home in Canada, so I'm going to see you know my friends and stuff, and they break things, and all of a sudden you got 
COVID spreading around, you know, Alberta because old boy wanted to go see his family and broke the COVID rules. I would imagine that would lead to an uprising. <laughs> you know, it's like we're not getting this thing from the U.S. for hockey. And clearly, you know, we'll see what with what the new president will do here in terms of handling uh, the COVID issue here in the United States. But I know it's not going fantastic in Canada. Uh, it's definitely going bad here in the U.S. I I want hockey. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I really want hockey. And I would love it to be the National Hockey League. But there are leagues right now that I see a lot of announcements coming about about the NCAA. Uh, you know, I know the USPHL is playing right now. And then even, you know, I know me and you eventually are going to get into, uh, back onto the National Women's Hockey League, not in this particular podcast, but an upcoming podcast. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm down for it. And, you know, I, I, I do highly doubt that if it's, you know, it's just a division process that I don't like, right? Because if it's a Canadian division, that doesn't make sense. Now, if they leave the divisions sort of the same or you know, switch them up just for the sake of special COVID seasons, I guess what we can call it, then I'm cool with that. Like, I don't have to, you know, stick to traditions or, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I just, just want to see hockey. I want people to be safe, you know, on top of it. Like, I do not want to see somebody risking their health and their and the welfare. And again, it's not just about the players. Again, it's their families, the community. There's, there's so much, you know, more behind this, right? So if it's going to be like Australian ice hockey or any hockey khl at this point i'm 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 really into watching it if it works out for the time of day and i have access easy enough access to just watch the games i want to watch mm -hmm. yeah. so but you know we'll see and and i know that it's going to be interesting moving forward to see i think they've even mentioned that right now there's a possibility of a vaccination that's going to yeah, be the, made yeah pfizer i think is someone that's developing yeah. that right now and just so, so people know this is I, I, it's because of my job profession. This is why I know some of this stuff. So I that's I, why I'm asking during this podcast. <laughs> I know that you're in the medical world. Yeah, so that that's why I have you know you you hear opinions come from me. I don't just spout stuff off. Like I'm not that guy. A lot more to do with protecting the community than it is about well, it's about yourself too. Because you know if you're a young hockey player, seeing hockey would be great. A vaccine will allow us to get back in the arenas. So much sooner. Would love to be at a light game. Would yes. love to and be able to get back into this again. Like honestly, like what you said on the last podcast, as you hear me pouring my my coffee here, um, getting back to going to live games, like for you, Joe, going to an arena in your shorts in Arizona. Yeah. And having a beer and sitting out there enjoying the breeze, and then packing yourself in there with, you know, eighteen thousand other hockey fans so you can you know scream at each other and it just i want to get back to that normalcy um i am very disappointed as a buffalo bills fan here that i was so stoked when they when they announced what the um the schedule would be and buffalo buffalo is going to be heading to vegas in vegas's first season i'm like i told my friends and family I'm like dude we're getting tickets the second we can get tickets we're getting tickets we're going to go because obviously Vegas is going to become the destination for a lot of sports fans now when it comes to, you mm -hmm. know, their team going into town and me being six hour drive from Vegas. I'm like, no, we're going to Vegas. This is this is happening. The bills. We might not be back there for another five, ten years. You never know how the schedule is going to work. We're going to Vegas. And of course, COVID happened. And, you know, I was very disappointed last year. Again, I know I'm breaking away very shortly to football here, but it's more about fandom. There I was living in D.C. last year, and the Bills, I saw 
the Baltimore Ravens and the, uh, and at that point, the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football club that were both playing for the bills that year. And I'm like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm stoked. Unfortunately, both those games were in Buffalo. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me because obviously I only lived like 30 minutes from Washington's um, field and less than an hour from Baltimore's. And I'm like, <laughs> both, both games were in Buffalo. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And in terms of like going to either of those games, it's probably for the best I didn't because I've been to those fields. And again, I'm tired of being the away fan. But in Vegas, I wanted to see that new new field it looks amazing it's going to be such a great venue allegiant stadium is going to be such a sick venue to go to as a sports fan and it's just not happening and so yeah returning to normalcy going to these games it's going to be a big part of getting back to life and i know you and i wanted to talk about if if things do get back to normal we did just uh arbitration cases in the national hockey league just kind of wrapped up in the last few days and so we kind of wanted to touch base on who won who lost i think really uh, that's how I see it. And let's start with like the top guy here on uh, Sportsnet. Anybody check it out, sportsnet.ca. They got a whole tracker. But we're going to talk about Tyler Bertuzzi, the Red Wings. And so basically arbitration, he was awarded $3.5 million, October 27th. Yeah, so Two-year two deal. So he's a guy that plays with edge, right? Yep. You know, he makes an impact on the ice, grinds around that net, is tough. So, and that's why. What do, you think uh, of it? what do you think of the contract? Do you agree with uh, what the arbitrator provided in this scenario? Um, I think he was worth more in this case, but because he, here's the problem, right? He played for the Red Wings, which was, you know, were the worst team in the NHL last season. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to compare stats for, you know, compared to other players on better teams, right? Because let's say he was on a Washington Capitals, uh, he would have got more money, right? His point yeah. totals would have been better, and he would have been uh, he would have been seen probably closer to that four point two five million or even a five million mark, right? So, um, yeah, I think but, it was a good deal. I honestly, um, I think the arbitrator in this case was fair. Um, I don't think he, I, I wouldn't say he got ripped off or anything else yeah. that happened, right? I think he did, you know, he, he got his fair shake, right? Um, and if I'm a Sabres fan, I would I would take Bertuzzi for 3.5. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. But yeah. speaking of that, you guys got Olsen signed, right? We did. We did. Another arbitration. And I think 100% worth his contract. Uh, I believe, you know, there were, there were a couple that we signed prior to arbitration that, you know, be what they are. I don't necessarily, but it's not my money. So we're, we're fans. We're looking at it. That's a great thing about fandom and, and any sport uh, and us as NHL fans. We look at like, yes, my owners like has $5.7 billion to his name. So dropping a couple mil on a, on a player is really not much to him. In this case, I think us as fans, we always look at it as, oh, I don't want to pay that money for them. We're not paying it. We're not paying a thing. Now, we, we technically pay by going to the games and getting our NHL packages and such. So, But we're not directly paying salaries. But it's, it's, I think it's always an interesting fact for us as, as, as sports fans that we're like, oh, that's not worth it. I don't want to pay that much. Because you're looking at your team's future and you're like, do yeah, I well, want to pay well, that much for this person this long? And so <laughs> I like Olafson's though. I like, I think the arbitration, you know, well, he didn't actually end up going to arbitration. I, we did we did good at actually signing him to his deal, and I think I think it was a good deal. He got uh, what is it? Yeah, two years at six point one million, um, avoiding arbitration. And so I like it. 
I think he was 100% worth that money. Uh, he, you know, we nicknamed him Golovson for a reason. He made the all-rookie team for the National Hockey League this year. I like him. I mean, he didn't expect him to, like, blast off the scene the way he did this past season. But I also like the deal because it shows that what he accomplished this season was worth the contract, but it also doesn't lock us into a deal where it's like, okay, he had a really good season this year. You know, but you're also 25. You could have had a really good season four or five years ago. Late bloomer could be. And so in in terms of like this level of, of productivity in the National Hockey League, I think that the Sabres did really good here. Honestly, I, Kevin Adams moves so far have not gone wrong. I mean, there's a couple things I would question, but I'm also not a general manager. So I like the Golovkin deal. I think it was good. I think um, can't tell you're a Sabres fan. You've been talking about him for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk about my teams, but the, I mean, we can also talk about Joshua Hosang. Uh, well, you let's know, skip, let's skip, let's skip, let's skip back, let's skip past that train wreck for just one second. <laughs> and okay. Ryan, let's go to Ryan Strom, who I was happy to see get signed. Finally okay. found this. Finally found this groove in Rangers. I'm like, I wonder. But, yeah. So for me, yeah, I, I think they're. See, this is the problem, right? Depending on the restructure, right? But they gave the teams. They they, they weren't consistent every night, but their goaltending situation's now settled. They got two young hot goalies, so they can perform and their offense can perform because it's always different. The bread man had a very good season in his first year with the team. That second yeah. year, when you have a good core together makes a huge difference. And I'm, it's going to depend on how Lafreniere does. If he can come up and make an impact right away, um, that could push them over the top, right? But sometimes it takes yeah. a couple of seasons. You know, you know, the first season for a rookie, you know, in my opinion, sometimes they just come out just just solid, right? And that sophomore slump hits, and then they have to find their group, right? Yeah. Um, once, once they're not protected as much, once other players, you know, figure them out, um, it makes a big difference. So this is a team... It really just depends on, you know, their second season after the big shakeup, how they do, in my opinion. Um, now, back to the guy you were, messaging, messaging, you were referencing before, Hosang. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> he's, yeah. he, he's, getting, I mean, he's getting what he earned. Yeah. <laughs> right? But, you know, I don't know enough, guys. Like, I'm not in that locker room, but he seems to be that me, 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 me player. Not a, not the greatest guy for the locker room because he's just not cracking that lineup, right? Yeah. And he's got talent, but there was issues with him at training camp multiple times, right? So that's what I mean. Like, just, just go in. Like, you know, just because you're talented doesn't cut it anymore. There's somebody who's going to have a better, be a better locker room fit that's going to work harder, that's going to take your spot. So... Um, and there's also a reason why they haven't traded them off because probably somebody doesn't want to give them any that much for them because of the yeah. risk factor, right? Yeah. Because a bad locker room, you see the results in it, right? And that could be why, like, yeah. I'm going back referencing off of this list is, um, oh, I just, I just, uh, just stumped on his name here, man. You can tell it's uh, early here uh, in Arizona. My coffee hasn't quite kicked in. Same score, team. Score. No, no, no. Florida Panthers came from the Ottawa Senators, did not get along with Carlson. Um, go oh, Hoffman. Hoffman, there we go. I just couldn't think of well, his name. So any other big names on here you want to reference? Uh, I mean, there are some big names. Okay, so I can, in terms of like touching base on, uh, you know, some of the big, bigger names here, Brendan Lemieux. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big one. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, I think I would love to get Brendan Lemieux in Buffalo. I think he's a talented player. Yeah. I think we need that sort of grit that he brings. Mm-hmm. I I can't think of anyone. Honestly, when we we decided not to sign, resign the old boy who went to Philly, not Philly, who came from Philly and now off in Toronto. What's his name? Oh, the great big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, guys, this is, this is this is why you need coffee in your systems before you do this. <laughs> before I can picture I can picture him right in my head because he didn't sign with the Habs right now. Wayne Simmons. There we go. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't believe I couldn't remember. His I can name. picture. Like, I can picture him. I, I can picture him. You know, terrorizing my Habs, crashing that net. <laughs> I just couldn't throw his name out, and that's typically me. I'm a details guy. That's again too many pucks to the head. This is, you know, part of that uh, part of that reason. Yeah, since we don't have the grit that he would totally bring when he came to Buffalo and in that trade, I'm like, this is fantastic. We need that level. And then we didn't keep him. And I think he's worth the contract he got in Toronto. I mean, that's basically check my Twitter. It's basically what I said I'd offer to keep him in Buffalo. And but obviously, you know, he wanted to be back there, and Buffalo didn't want to keep him. You know in Buffalo. So off he went. And I think a guy like Brendan Lemieux, I think it's a good signing for New York. I think this is fantastic, fantastic guy to keep on the team and, and such. And so, well, I don't you think know. there's anybody on here that's, you know, disappointing news for their teams. Like Mangiapane had a great year with the flames. Like he always seemed to be in there. No, there's uh, no, there's no disappointing players. No disappointing yeah, players. The, uh, Georgiev was big because, you know, he played a big, he's a huge role on that. Yes. Uh, on the Rangers team for Tannen hasn't quite lived up to, you know, what they've been wanting him to do in Vancouver, but he's got, he's got the ability to do it. I think he just needs to mature and buckle in and actually commit to, you know, to his team. Cause that's where I think the big difference is, right. Is that work ethic and committing to your team flurry yeah. for the hurricanes, you know, great. You know, I may be skipping over names, guys, here because we don't we're limited on time today. But uh, you know, Taves, you know, over on the Avalanche, he's going to make a big difference. So, you know, there's no big shocks in here. You know, no. it's not like somebody was way undercut. Like it's the only person I would make this a question a little bit was just Bertuzzi, because like I said, a different team. He's getting more goals, more points, and I think he's used more. But young team that's rebuilding, and Eiserman's got the ability to do this, right? He's got an eye for talent. So I, I can see, you know, the Red Wings turning it around. Again, it's just the biggest thing for them is, like your savers, goaltending. Got to gotta get that goaltender in there, and then, then everything will stabilize. Yeah, I mean, for us, that's what we absolutely, you know, we need there in Buffalo. And uh, goalie tandems are the way to the future, and <laughs> we don't have one. Not a strong, not a strong line. I mean, hey, Prove me wrong this year, Allmark and Hutton, but I don't I don't see it happening. You see some of these goalie tandems. I definitely believe it is the way of the future for the National Hockey League. Us as goalies may personally not like it because, you know, but there's only right now currently 31 and there will be 32 starting goaltender jobs in the National Hockey League. But I think with the way you see some of these teams succeed, the way Dallas made it to the finals this year was having Bishop and Hudobin. When Bishop went down, there was not this massive fear of, oh, well, there goes the season. Hudobin carried them all the way to the Stanley Cup finals. Having that goalie tandem, I think, is pretty critical to your future now in the National Hockey League is you need to sign two for you need to sign two starters. But the thing is you need to find two starters. And you need kind of the air of the goalie here or what we've seen in our entire NHL watching lives and basically every seriously, most leagues, is you got a starter and you got a backup. Yeah. And 
I believe that this tandem setup, I think it works. I think you basically goalies buy into the fact that you look, you're not getting 71 games. You know, you're not playing 71 games anymore unless you're just crushing it every single game. I think having that healthy competition between two goalies and kind of setting up this new standard of uh, well, goaltending duos is the way to go. Because well, goalies are under protected, right? They go through these phases in the NHL where there's no contact at all to contact. Yeah. And just the nature of the position now, like everybody's in that hybrid down on your knees, you know, hard pushes back down on the knees to cover your, you know, your, your, your percentages. Right. And it's just a lot of wear and tear. So you can't, you can't expect goalies to do this because Jonathan quick, phenomenal talent, right. His style of play just destroyed his knees and his hips. And it happens to a lot of goalies. Price was having lingering, you know, knee issues for quite some time. The chances, right? Like the Golden Knights don't usually give you too many second cracks of the puck, but man, they could bury you pretty quickly too. So yeah. you need a good goaltending tandem and you've got to have that stable, you know, defensive area unless you just, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins are the only team right now that are just trying to go pure speed in offense, right? When, when trying to hope their goaltenders can just battle and keep them in it, right? It's a tough thing to do deep in the playoffs when you're playing grind out hockey. That's the problem. So, I, and honestly, I think we found our perfect uh, transition topic into the next podcast here. That uh, you know, hopefully, you and I can get to uh, tomorrow evening. But I think that this is a uh, this is a super interesting subject, especially since we're goalies. That we would probably jump into and kind of like analyze some of the uh, current possible goalie duos in the National Hockey League for you know breaking in and. And talking about maybe some of the National Women's Hockey League and the Genshinaya Hockey League and such. Um, and so we can kind of get into those and just, I think that would be a super cool subject with which to start uh, yeah. our next podcast. So that goalies, said, goalies, I, goalies talking goalies, man. We want to thank everyone again for listening to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and Steve, and we look forward to you listening in next time. And again, thanks for everyone listening in. This is Pigeonhole Hockey, and we'll see you next time. Talk to you later, hockey fans.